0: You're listening to the Tumbling Saber Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Check us out on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com, on iTunes, Facebook, and Twitter, and take your first step into a larger world. Everybody, we're almost there. Welcome to episode 98 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Corey. Alright, welcome back. It is, uh, what, 51 days or so until The Last Jedi drops? It's... <laughs> oh man. It is coming fast and furious now. And we have lots of distractions to keep us busy. Yeah, when you said that, I almost feel like I got red in the face. Red in the face? But I'm, I'm,
1: I'm, yeah, I don't know, I just felt this like... Like a rush? Yeah. All right. Fair enough. It's been a, anyhow, it's been a bit of a sad week over here, but regardless, uh, all week I've been itching to get back in a co-pilot seat with you, and now that we're here,
0: I am just so tired, and <laughs> I know you were just telling me the exact same thing, but let's do this, man. Yeah, let's let's get this on, man. We got a, we got a bunch of things to talk about. Not much in the news, but we are loaded in the back end with... Uh, with questions from powerful friends. So let, let's get a move on with this. Um, first, before we get to any of that, uh, I just want to welcome James to the Patreon program, becoming one of the powerful friends. Thank you very much, sir. Could yeah, James, O. Oh. could not have a powerful friend program without James, so we're super happy to have him around. And um, another note, everybody out there listening, let the record show that, from another, from a certain point of view is now in Corey's hands so his next destination is with Chop Rules with a Z yeah
1: you got that uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm cur- currently in the middle of writing chapter number 41 <laughs> and uh, no I plan on getting it done in two weeks that's my goal so every night I'm not podcasting I'll be reading <laughs> oh that,
0: you're setting a bar for yourself that's fine I did it last year and you know I, I work best under pressure like that why don't you uh, like while, while you're at it? Why don't you uh, shoot up Route 201 there and go grab James' autograph as well? Well, oh, I think James and I are actually meeting for lunch this week. Oh, well, there you go. You should come. I can't. I have half hour for lunch. I I'm I'm out, man. I can never do a lunch. Yeah, well, thirty minutes is good too. Just get the day we're with. I hear what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, no, it's, but that quick, it's it's just enough for me to to sneak out to my truck and just grab a quick 10, 15-minute nap. I've, I've come to rely That's on them. Awesome. <laughs> That's pretty
1: cool. We've been talking about that a lot in our office as well. But uh, anyway, before we get into the news, quick collecting, collecting update. Uh, I finally kind of pulled the trigger first time. It's actually really awesome and fun. This uh, You said I would get in trouble on this site. Um, I don't really consider this too much trouble because I haven't done anything yet. I've been a part of it for about two months, but this a Canada Black Series forum. Yet. Yet is the operative word. Yeah. And there's just all kinds of stuff going on in there. Trades and people just, you know, buying stuff for one another and people selling their stuff. So one guy, he posted a pic of a whole bunch of six-inch series figures that he had. And one of them was a Qui-Gon. Uh, there was also a younger Obi-Wan. Um, there was Phasma. Because I, I never managed to get my hands on Phasma. Everyone that I saw in the stores, they were so beaten up. By the time I wanted to get my hands on them, I just said, I'll hold off. Um... Really, really good price. Anyhow, it's not like a totally fair deal. 15 bucks for shipping, and I also picked up one more for a certain person that I think I'm going to be going to see The uh, Last Jedi with. Last name rhymes with Bandito. <laughs> Gee, I wonder. That's a pretty good one. I I uh, couldn't pass that up.
0: Cool. Very cool. Uh, I have no collecting update. But I did – did you see those Black Series images from – I think it was from New York Comic Con? Black Series 6-inch of Lando in his Skiff Guard outfit, the, the DJ 6-inch. Dengar. Dengar and Forlom. Oh, yeah. They look awesome. They really do. Must, uh,
1: yeah. God, everything that's coming out now, it's like, oh, my God, the list just keeps growing. and Just can't keep on.
0: What, is, is Dengar actually an idiot? Is they make him out to be one. In Aftermath, he's a bit of a dope. And in the Lego series, he is an absolute moron. He does wear a diaper on his head. So. <laughs>
1: is that the galactic dun- dunce cap? <laughs> I don't know what's going on there, but geez, I mean, if he's wearing bandages all the time. So like, he obviously can't afford any Bacta, so he <laughs> can't be that great of a bounty hunter. He's
0: just totally accident prone. <laughs> well, you know, back in You know, you know what he day, is? He's the... He's the clone template for the guy who keeps banging his head on the door. (laughs) You know, it's interesting. Back in the day, you and I, I remember one Christmas leading
1: up to The Phantom Menace. Like, I was still in high school, like, probably grade 10. And I got this encyclopedia. You got, like, a vehicle guide, and I got, like, an encyclopedia for characters. And it provided backstories on everyone, Uh, even Yoda, a little. It was very, everything was really vague. But uh, oh, what was it? Oh, <laughs> you <lost laughs> it? You lost it. No, that's it. Dengar, he, him and uh, Han Solo. They, the backstory behind Dengar was that him and Han Solo were training at the Imperial Academy together, and they were in a race at one point on these like I don't know, like picture like a a chariot kind of with like the engine underneath, like a, an Avengers type vehicle kind of, you know, where you're standing there and. Han kind of lands on his head. <laughs> yeah, and that was the uh, forever. From there on in, like, he had it in for Han. He was massive head wound Harry. So yeah. he just slapped a diaper on later. top. Yeah, it's just not healing.
0: I don't understand. It's cursed. <laughs> That's a ridiculous story. No wonder they wiped out legends. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So last week we had a, a huge busy week at Tumbling Saber. I did the math. We did cranked out over six hours of podcasts, including um, our, our Gord Downey tribute. Six hours, man.
1: That's a lot. Holy moly. I mean, sorry about that. I was doing it the whole time.
0: <laughs> we really monopolized uh, people there. last week.
1: Yeah, well I mean, good on you, bro. I'm, I'm proud of you, man. I mean, you, you you started this patron program and you're providing content. I mean, that's what it's all about, right? I mean, even though you're totally burnt out right oh, now. I'm i I'm <laughs> flaming out bad. Oh well, what are you gonna do? It was good though. Like I, I listened to pretty much every show and uh hey man. They're all very very good. Tim and Tim and Troy did an awesome oh,
0: job. U and M did an awesome job. Oh, Tim and Troy, you guys you guys knocked it out of the park. I got a bunch of compliments. Oh, oh man. That worthy of recognition alone is worth uh, being a powerful friend, I think. So thank you guys for being a part of that. Um, right, I, I also have to give my thanks to uh, Rob Cast and to Tim and Carlos for their input on the, uh, the Gord Downey tribute that uh, Corey, James, and I had put together. Uh, they helped round that out and really paint the picture of uh, the the national icon that we lost just uh yeah it help it help make it a bit easier so thank you guys for that and also thanks to m for cranking out uh a couple of really awesome blog posts and one super super in-depth one on on saw guerrera and mon mothma good job m and i uh, we'll look forward to talking to m this week on uh bridger transmissions
1: yeah rebels tomorrow
0: rebels are back tomorrow or i guess uh as this podcast drops right now. And one more quick thing. So, with, with episode 100 on the horizon, uh, we wanted to just run a quick little um, contest. Not a contest, uh, just a little drive to see if we can get a few more powerful friends in the program before episode 100. So, what we're going to do, uh, Corey, this is news to you too. So, uh, surprise. Fill me in. <laughs> we're, we're go- Does it going to cost me anything? <laughs> Hopefully not. And Well, you know what? You can't control yourself, so you may end up doing something. Who knows? What we're going to do for people who are on the fence, who are thinking about becoming a powerful friend, uh, we're going to do a draw only for people who sign up to become a powerful friend between now and the drop of episode 100. So the, the we'll, we'll give... The, whatever. If it's one person, congratulations, you won the draw. If it's two, three, four, five, it'll be a very short... Uh, I guess I guess your chances of winning is what I'm trying to say will be very good and uh, the winner will get a prize pack and I don't know exactly I know some of the contents of that prize pack yet but um, I'll speak to Corey in finer details so if you're listening now you're not yet a powerful friend uh, now is the time you want to do that because like I said you'll be in the draw with probably a handful of other people for a pretty cool prize pack that we're going to put together and uh, yeah so that that should be kind of fun so Uh, Between now, whenever you're listening to this, and Sunday, November 5th, that's when you want to become a powerful friend.
2: Remember, remember, the 5th of November. Yeah. All
0: right, let's move into the news once and for all here. Um, Really one big thing last week. There was a bunch of little stuff that we may or may not touch on depending on time. But uh, Han Solo movie finally wraps officially and finally gets a title, Corey. I love it. Do you?
1: They're they're playing with,
0: uh, <laughs> what, the, the fact that they're rap. <laughs> I, I know you love that. I mean, that's kind of a about time, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm glad
1: we finally got confirmation that that's done and they got some serious, serious work ahead of them, but they seem confident enough that they're going to pull this off. Uh, Tim and Troy brought up an interesting point with the release dates coinciding with um, Infinity War, which is kind of interesting seeing as how it's kind of the same studio in a while. Well, same Studio same parent Head. company. Yes. So, anyway, that's kind of interesting. Is, they might cannibalize
0: each other yeah, a bit. It might. Well, I, Infinity War comes out first, right? Yeah, like early first week of May, and then Han Solo. Yeah. Well, I definitely see.
1: I I, I definitely foresee uh lower numbers in Solo anyhow for this. Oh yeah. Or, for this standalone, is probably I don't know. Uh, like Sanjay was kind of touching on the fact that you know most families will most likely go see Infinity War if you're going to go as a family,
0: right? Well, yeah, I mean, but when, right? If you Are you going to go in those first three weeks? Probably, I would think. I think any movie makes the bulk of its box office gross in those first, I'd say in the first two weeks. It makes well over half of its actual total.
1: That makes sense. We'll see interesting.
0: A movie like this has massive legs. So I don't know, maybe I'm talking out of my rear end again, but I, I tend to think movies just come out with a bang. Right out of the gates, and in the first two to three weeks, you kind of know already what you're looking at as far as the box office gross. But yeah, no, no, no doubt. I'm sure that the Han Solo movie will gross less than probably even Rogue One. I'm, I- yeah, I'm thinking
1: the same thing. Sadly, because I think this movie's going to be extraordinary. In regards to the name of the film, I mean, it doesn't bother me. Uh, I'll touch more upon it later. But I, I think we all had kind of a strong feeling that that could have been it. Uh, so we're not really surprised. No one's just surprised. Uh, there were T-shirts on set that said it. No one just confirmed it, and a lot of people were upset about that. Like, why didn't you just confirm it in the in the past? Well, I don't really care about that. Like to be honest, like I, I like the fact that they kept it to themselves. You know, don't don't give us stuff too early. They have a planned release date. They have a code of conduct, uh, some protocols to follow. And just because people are like, man, like tell us, meh, like it's it's not it's not what I expected or it's so obvious now. Like, that sucks. Like, they have no obligation to tell us anything. No, so. they don't.
0: They're like, we are not owed anything.
1: <laughs> you know? Well, in that regard, anyhow, like I said, it's probably part of a timetable and a schedule that they're following.
0: And that's that. Absolutely. It's part of it. All this stuff is planned out, I would think. And you don't like it, log off. Go stick your head in the sand for a couple months. You're, you'll get it when you get it. Anyway, solo a Star Wars story, and Corey, you said it. It's it was rumored. A lot of people had kind of touched on this. And hey, look, it's a, it's a bit bland of a title, right?
1: Pending. I mean, we haven't seen the film yet, right? There could be, this could be really interesting the way that they take
0: it. Well, yeah. I mean, I think I I wrote a quick little blog post about this to help kind of crystallize my thoughts about the title. Um. But I think it it hints at Han's eventual lot in life as sort of an estranged um, loner, a lone wolf. And if that's you know solo a Star Wars story, if that's going to be what happens with Han by the end of the movie, I I, you know I can easily easily see that. I think he's going to become he's going to break apart from from Lando, and I think his mentor is probably going to betray him. So yeah, I think Han Solo will probably be. Uh, a Lone Wolf by the end of the movie. And so I think the title works both on an, it. It's his name and it's his sort of lot in life. Yeah, like him and Chewy, the Lone Rangers.
1: Remember that? Airheads? Come on. Sorry. Anyhow, uh, I kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm on the exact same page as you there. I really like, I see it maybe a bit differently, like in the sense that, um, I don't know if you remember this, but Kathleen Kennedy, she had mentioned, oh man, maybe four or five months ago that uh, we're going to find out how Han got his name.
0: I think, I think it was Bob Iger went. that said
1: that. Yeah, so even, even at the head, studio head saying something like that, it's like, fan reaction, people went berserk. And, you know, after that it's just been hush hush. So now we see it in this regard, like, uh, I can kind of look at it maybe in the sense that maybe he's different than the Han we know from a certain light. Like he's obviously, you can't change the fact that he's uh, brash, bold, and cocky. Like he has to be that, but maybe in the same light, he's happy-go-lucky, uh, trusting, and he puts his heart out there a lot. But he just gets burned so many times in this film that by the end, he's just jaded and he's like, "I'm
0: solo, man. It's me and Chewie, and I'm out for myself now. That's it." Well, yeah, I, I totally think that's going to be part of the movie for Han for sure. And I, but I wonder if they sort of bury that in the the prologue part of the movie. You know what I mean? The part where we're supposed to see Han as an 18-year-old, you, you might get that more upbeat, more optimistic, naive Han Solo and just something terrible happens to him in that prologue. And Fast forward six years and he's kind of a a jerk.
1: Yeah. Well, that's that's why it's kind of hard for me. Like you said, that makes a lot of sense because you'd think at the end of this movie with him getting the Falcon and whatnot, that he's kind of coming out on top. But maybe in the long run, there is no winner in this film. You know, like maybe by the end of it, he's just like, okay, like, Jabba's hunting me. I'm screwed. Like, I've made a thousand enemies across the entire galaxy, and all for naught, you know? Like, I'm just back to square one. It's me and you, Chewie. Yeah,
0: you feel like he's... Yeah, he's going to make a bunch of enemies. Not necessarily because he's a bad guy, but just because he makes bad choices. Like, I got to get out of here. Oh, I'm going to steal this speeder. That's... Oh, no. That's Boba Fett's speeder. Damn it. <laughs> You
1: know, it can kind of lend a lot more strength to the trench run scene as well, where it looks like, you know, take care take care of yourself. That's I guess that's what you're good at or something like that, you know. And he takes off, but he comes back. So maybe something in this film happens like that, where he's either not, or he fails, or he's just a second too short, or he doesn't have the courage to go through with it. So this could be like a a redemption for him well, yeah yeah you could i new would hope.
0: expect that the han solo movie would would punch up that scene in a new hope where han does come back oh my god like he's he's never he never goes back he's always running off for to save his own skin and but I, I definitely see it uh being like you said like
1: by the end of this film he's just gonna be like i'm just better off on my own yeah absolutely a changed man jaded like i said maybe uh we're gonna meet a whole new han possibly What do you think of this? Do you think it's possible that, like Kathleen said, we're gonna find out how he got his name? Okay, that could be his reputation. That's the way people start to interpret it after the fact. But what if his name is like Han Doe, or Han Smith? You know what I mean? And then finally, by the end of this film, like he's just like, "I am Han Solo," or something like that. You know, like he becomes Solo because like a nickname or. Well, you know, I I thought that was
0: odd when they mentioned that, and my mind went to TFA. When Ray asks him, uh, "You're Han Solo," and he says, "I used to be," well, I thought that was, you know, at first it was like a kind of a throwaway line. I was like, "Oh, that, that's weird. Like, why are you ducking the question? Why are you hiding from your name?" Maybe his name wasn't always Han Solo. That's a good point, actually. Very good catch. So I don't know. I I, I don't I don't expect that his name's going to be something different. I I think it's probably more the reputation thing. Yeah,
1: you know, we don't know how. Uh... Corellian's work either. Maybe it's like I am Han, son of
0: <laughs> yeah, whoever yeah, you we know. We don't know anything about Corellian culture. Anyway, so I, I think they're also looking for like a, a standardized naming convention for these standalone movies. So it'll be you know blank, a Star Wars story being the second half, and it's not like they were going to call this movie uh, Han Solo and the Spice Mind Caper with Wookiee and Tow a Star Wars story. It wasn't going to be some long drawn out thing. I think somebody had some along the line had, had like suggested Smuggler's Run or something like that. Okay, yeah, that's the, I, I said that last week. Smuggler's Run, a Star <coughs> Wars story. Yeah, that, that okay. That would have been at least a little bit
1: more creative. But it, I know, solo, run. I said solo run as well.
0: Yeah, but I, I think this what they've chosen. It if you know it, it is a bit bland, but I think its meaning will have make more sense come may 25th i think less than 12 parsecs and back again <laughs> a solo story oh jeez. <laughs> anyway there's another takeaway from this uh may 25th they are sticking with that date
1: that's interesting i mean sanjay man you <clears throat> you put your your money where your mouth is it's our boy over at the nerd room and like i, I want to see this now ads caught wind of it first and then i i finished the podcast afterward and uh, Kyle and I would discuss this many times. We're very confused about it as well. But it really does seem as if that they're plowing through with this. Who knows? They may change their minds still at this point. They need more time. Uh, they're already set with the Christmas release schedules. We know that uh, uh, episode nine has been pushed already to December. So, but I mean, if episode nine's already been pushed and they, they went through that process already, in my head it's almost like Ron Howard is like, no, I'm. He's adamant in saying that this can be done. We're organized, and it's gonna happen. And this is the scheduled release date, and it's gonna come out this day.
0: Um, no, selfishly, I wouldn't mind if they pushed it to December 2018. I'd have no problem with that. We, we've got a little bit of a, a mini tradition cooking here. I have no problem with seeing that continue. But I, I, well, you know, what? True. like I, it
1: might be oversaturation too. It's gonna be our first time ever having like the yearly movie is kind of working for me. Like once we start doubling up, who knows? You know, like. Jesus, we're going to start two, three more podcasts.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. I really don't. Um, No, um, I I, I really don't think they're going to move it. And I I think Ron Howard would maybe like to move it, but I don't think, I think if he asked for it, he'd be told, no, no, you're going to make this happen. And I I think there's reasons for that, um, that most of us don't care about but i think in the background there's a very big reason their ego well the egos are always a part of it um but it's it's manufacturers and uh oh you're saying that that's true i heard you this week with yeah yeah well yeah i kind of spoiled that on on uh worthy of recognition but i think that's what it is i a huge part of it is manufacturers who might already be deep into production with all the merch like they they're not gonna have that stuff sit around for months and months and months. They're just they're they're just not like it's not even a a discussion. If uh, Disney calls them up and says, "Oh, all that all that merch, mm, you're gonna I'm gonna need you to hang on to it for for until December of, or Force Friday, September of 2018. I know you're supposed to ship it to us in like April. Ah, five more months. We're gonna need you to sit on that. Hell no. That is millions of dollars of inventory space just sitting there. That is not happening. No, you're you're probably that's a, that's a good point as well. Also, you know, think about fast food chains who who are building marketing plans. Uh, well, actually, you know what? I think they they dumped fast food chains for the for Last Jedi tie-ins. I think, but nevertheless, like there's other retailers or outlets that are building marketing plans for 2018 around Han Solo. So I don't think it's gonna go over very well. It's not going to be good for relationship building on on the business end if Lucasfilm rolls around and goes, "Yeah, anyway, all this stuff's just going to have to get bumped." Sorry, we need to push the movie. Hell no! You've we, we've committed to this, so I, I think that yeah. is the bigger reason here for the May twenty fifth date. It's it's stuff that we don't give a rip about. Like we we just care that the best movie comes out. But I think there are other factors at play here. Yeah, Kathleen Kennedy grabbed Ron Howard by the ear by
1: the ear and said, Now hear this, OP1. You signed a contract.
0: <laughs> well anyway, you know what? It's it's what? We're, where are we here? Uh late October. So let's count the months. Uh November, December, January, February, March, April, May. That's to my count, that's about seven months until the movie comes out. Almost to the day. Right? That is a lot, not a lot of time, but then again, when you consider they did a bunch of reshoots a huge chunk of reshoots for Rogue One in August of 2016, that was what four months away from the movie coming out. They still got it all done, they still scored the movie and made it. And to, yeah, that's it to compound that fact. The
1: Michael G. Chino came on at the last minute. I think he had, what, like a, a month to score Rogue One or something? Yeah, yeah. so
0: yeah, th- all that happened in so four months. It can be done. All that happened in four months, and the end result was pretty damn good. So I I don't know if... if, if I'm not going to use the word panic, but there, there's still plenty of time to get Han Solo done.
1: And like we'd said in past pods as well, that they've probably been editing some stuff and piecing some stuff together on the fly, like getting a lot of post-production stuff done on the fly or... They're at least super prepared to take on their. Well, it's just it's just getting dudes. the rough cut,
0: the first rough cut together. All right, here's here's the shot we need for this. Like, let's move this on to the next stage, instead of taking all you know, just sitting on, just rolls and rolls of footage, and then taking it back to the editing room and going through it. Like, I think they were doing a lot of stuff on the fly to make to streamline the the process later. Now they still have a lot of time. It's they still have seven months. It seems like uh, seven months flies by. They they
1: can't be uh, they can't be wasteful at that oh, time. Geez, yeah, no, I don't no, think I'm not they suggesting
0: are. anybody's going to go to Bermuda for like a month. They've <laughs> they've got a lot of work to do, but it's it's not time to pa- push the panic button. No, they've. I mean, they got
1: the players and the people trained to do these kind of things. So,
0: unlike our Habs, who do not have the players and might want to think about the panic button. But I digress. Yeah, don't go there. <laughs> Uh, the other cool thing we got this week, um, Battlefront single player campaign trailer. Uh, what did what did you think, Corey? Uh, I
1: love this trailer. Like I can't. I get. I, I don't have a PS4. I'm not going to get the game when it comes out. But I hope I do get a chance to watch like the movie thing within like a day or two, where someone kind of clips it together and I get to watch all the behind the scenes stuff because it's really interesting. Like uh, you feel invested in this character, even though she's an imperial, which is. Probably a lot different for a lot of Star Wars fans. I mean, there's a lot of people who have been and always have embraced the Imperial side. You know, that's their thing. Uh, Not for this guy. (laughs) I mean, I've always... I I don't know. I just grew up with the good guys, right? Yeah,
0: I can't stand the Empire either.
1: But I don't know. First and foremost, the way the trailer starts with that droid sneaking into her, her cell and freeing her. That's super cool, man. And then it attaches itself to her back. Like, that's a neat little... Something I haven't seen in Star Wars before. Well,
0: there's the Imperial answer to our um, two units, Astromex, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, it's true. The the uh,
0: seventh sister had one. That's right. Yeah, Something I forgot about like that. that anyhow. Anyway, right. right? Yeah, I think I think um, the game looks awesome. Like, I'll, I'm, but I'll I'll be super conflicted in killing rebels if if I go and get myself a PS4. You know, I'm not I'm not gonna lie. Like it's gonna be tough to go around gunning down rebels, but I'll do it. God damn it, I'll do it. That's the, that's the kind of cool part. Like, I think first, like, again, I think a
1: lot of people are going to turn over to the Imperial side. It's going to open their eyes in that regard because we're going to get a, a peek behind the curtain of someone who actually looks like a person, like a human being with actual emotions and not just this whacked out villain. Like, she's obviously believing hardcore in her cause and she believes that she's right. So in the long run, it, it can convince you, the the viewer, you know, you're going to have... Probably feelings for uh, what's her name Eden Versio. Yep. So I don't know, like you'll probably want to crush the rebellion at one point too. You'd be like, you bastards.
0: Well, I mean, if if going up to Death Star terrorists, I guess you still haven't haven't read Lost Stars, but you you kind of get that feeling a little bit from that book.
1: No, I can imagine. I mean, granted, she's most likely brainwashed as well, but I'm sure a lot of the tactics the rebels use aren't as friendly as we want to imagine. So. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's gonna be a nice little peek behind the curtain, and uh, it's gonna be a nice step outside our comfort zone. Because I I do think that she's gonna hit us in the fields, and we're gonna be rooting for her. You know, like she's so hardcore with this Inferno Squadron. Like they're like the probably like the elite of the elite. You know, and she seems to have purpose and ambition. Yeah, it looks it, no, it looks like a very compelling story. She seems like a mix of like Hera and Sabine in a way. You know, sure. But, uh, bad. <laughs> yeah. Not
0: necessarily bad, from a certain point of view. Well, oh, there you go. Uh, any, any shots, anything about the trailer in particular that, uh, jump out at you?
1: Visually, no. I didn't think there's anything, like, spoilery or anything, but, uh, no, not at all. I mean, she saw the Death Star blow up again, like, and she's gonna kind of want to take revenge. Well, there, there, was, that, there, there was that
0: shot of a, a TIE fighter flying around. The wreckage of the Death Star, too that looks awesome I'm, I think I think you get to fly through that shooting down whatever I guess x wings that are still hanging around that looks like it's gonna be super awesome man yeah anyway i I
1: hope we see more of her. That's the kind of thing that kind of upsets me a bit Well like you know in this time frame right now that they're playing in, they have the book that just came out. They know they've been planning this thing forever this video game most likely it doesn't it takes a while to develop these things. So why not have her in Rebels, you know, like she's maybe not, she'll not be of the rank she is now because it's a couple of years later, but regardless, you could have still had her in a smaller role. Uh, could have been anything. She could have been training with Sabine in that episode with the Wedge, you know, the Antilles extraction or something. Like yeah. I'd like to see her more in, in in the actual, not the actual canon, but outside comics and books and video games and brought into like an animation or something.
0: I certainly wouldn't complain about that. I I wonder how closely knit, say, the Filoni group is to the video game group, or the you know the individual studios working on those games. I, I don't know. I, I'm sure I'm mean, definitely have to somebody run. Somebody is is connecting that
1: dot, but that's. For, well, I'm sure it's this this the story group at Lucasfilm probably plays a big part in the development of these games.
0: But but like I think I, I think the do. timeline for a game is much different than the timeline for. A show. So I I don't know if they can make it work. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't know that they can shoehorn all these aspects into one another's pieces.
1: Yeah, if they don't know ahead of time. But um, that's what I'm saying. It looked like on this one they had enough time to be like, hey, it'd be cool to throw her in here.
0: Well, then there has to be I guess a good reason for it other than hey, look, look, it's the same person. Anyway, and that's so. That's just a question
1: to you. Like, that's the only single player format you'll be able to play.
0: Uh that's the campaign mode. That's the campaign. So, yeah. Interesting. Um, there there was one quick shot of a U-wing. So yeah, there's at least one Rebellion X-wing still in operation post uh, Endor. Uh, what else? What else jumped at jumped out at me? Uh, operation Cinder, of course. Um, you know, see, seeing seeing. Palpatine's last wishes being carried out is pretty damn cool. We've seen that uh in Shattered Empire which was sort of foiled by Leia and um I'm blanking on more names, but yeah, Leia and and, and company. Uh what else what else in there? Oh the 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 transports. Like flying over N- Naboo over Theed City. That looks cool, man. Didn't you think that looked like unbelievable? Yeah, for sure. Even I was kind of confused too.
1: Like at one point, this can't be the. I was like, "How could this be a campaign?" But you see the Falcon flying near
0: Maz's temple. You know. Well, yeah, and there's there's towards the, the end of the trailer, there's a bunch of quick shots, and there's one of of Luke who looks like maybe he's been caught by, uh, Eiden Versio. Uh, there's a shot of Maz, and then the the Falcon on Takodana being chased by a tie, which I assume is probably like you playing that, that part of the game. And then, a really quick shot, blink and you miss it. Uh, Kylo Ren using the Force on Starkiller Base, but why? <laughs> why is he there? What's What's it all about, man? And yeah, because at that point she'd be thirty years older. No, yeah, she'd be she'd have to be in her fifties by that point. You know, I you know if you assume she's in her mid twenties in the game, she'd be mid fifties, pushing sixty. And <laughs> are you still playing Iden Versio as a, as a sixty year old? I don't know. Like, I, I'm super interested to find out. But like, there's they're spanning a, the whole entire width of this 30 year gap that we want to know so much about, and I have no clue how hard this is going to impact um, the way we look at things. But I'm stoked, man. And it's canon as well, right? Yeah, like the storyline within its yeah. canon. I mean, they've they've they're touching on all these things that we already know about Operation Cinder, and you know, what about what about? In the
1: I don't know if this maybe this was on multiplayer because I just don't know enough about the game, but in one of the first trailers you see Ray and Kylo going at it
0: uh that was I think that's in the multiplayer or the um, yeah multiplayer mode. I don't think Ray's gonna factor into the campaign at all. I'd be shocked, I'll be shocked yeah that's like, I don't think I think that's just the multiplayer part. Um, yeah, that's it. So, I, you know, I'm still on the fence of whether or not we're going to bite the bullet. Like that might be an early Christmas gift to each other. It's just to buy a PS4 and then not get each other anything for Christmas. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. But um, I'm curious to know out there what uh, what our powerful friends and everybody else, what do you guys think of this trailer? Are you buying this? I want. I want to know how many friends I might have out there. Do you know what I want for Christmas, Kyle? I'm not going to ask. I have a feeling I'm I, I'll I have tell a feeling, you. you know, it's X-Wing Luke. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I figured you'd say that. Of
1: the six-inch variety?
0: You know, they're, they're, the 40th anniversary they're special. plentiful on eBay.
1: Yeah, so go ahead and hook me up <laughs> for Christmas. Or
0: my yeah, birthday. sure. Or you can package them up. I kind of understand at that point, but... Moving on, uh, just a couple of quick other notes. Uh, Abrams <laughs> said on a, in an interview with uh, BBC that episode 9 will be different. Yeah, okay, we kind of already knew that. Um, I think The Last Jedi is going to force Abrams' hand, so we, we can just put that away. Uh, we- and I'm confident in, in that too, man. I think he's going to
1: he do this series justice, this saga.
0: Yeah, and, and I I think Chris Terrio is still getting kind of punched around a bit for it. Having written or being part, being co-writer of Batman versus Superman, uh, people conveniently forget that he was also the writer of Oscar-winning uh, Argo, and he's not going to just write this bland rehash of Jedi. That's not going to happen. So yeah, Episode Nine is going to be very different, and it's it's going to go into different territory. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna end with Luke,
1: but the jam is is saber through. Snoke's heart, and Snoke's just gonna say,
0: "Bruh." <laughs> what? Why did you say that? <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Uh, did, you, did you see the image of Vice Admiral Holdo when she when uh, Laura Dern was on Ellen? Oh yeah, and she looks she looks yeah, great. She's beautiful, gorgeous, stunning. I mean, she she stands right out amidst all those you know, military color colors like the drab olive. She pops right off the screen. She's she's going to be striking, and she's going to be, I think, a standout character from from TLJ.
1: Yeah, I hope so, and I hope she's a good guy because I don't know. I've heard
0: rumors that you know she she may be a bit of a snake in the grass. Maybe I'd be sur- I'd be a little bit surprised though. I mean, I'm still reading Princess Leia, uh, the Princess Leia book. You don't get that from that character in that book. And I, I granted, she's a teenager in the book and lots of things happen between teenage and ad- adulthood. But I, I'd be surprised. She just, she seems, she seemed too uh, jubilant. If I could use that word in the book. Like she just seemed like a weird, happy person. So I don't know. Well, I guess we'll find out. But yeah, I, I hope. You definitely see that. It looks like her and Leia have some beef. I haven't seen any evidence of that.
1: Oh, that's true. You're right. I mean, there's been photos and uh, just
0: a lot of speculation, I guess, but it seems like a lot of people are saying that. Well, I th- didn't MSW, I don't want to put words in their mouth, but aren't, didn't they report a while back that uh, Holdo and Poe don't quite see eye to eye?
1: Yeah, I could see her. I don't know. I don't want to say much about the character because I don't know her at all. I love the way she looked in that picture. Uh, I know at one point she's going to be holding a blaster because of what she said on Ellen.
0: Well, yeah, that? she just said, oh, she was, she got caught in her dressing room just, like, doing pew-pews. No, she was doing it while filming. Oh, was it? When you're...
1: they saw the, like, the, <laughs> yeah, like, every time she would fire the gun while she was, like, in the scene, like, she'd be going pew-pew.
3: Well,
1: that is interesting. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny.
0: She definitely took a play from Sabine's uh, playbook. Anyway, I I didn't want to get too deep into that. Because frankly, there's not not a whole lot to cling to. So, um, anyway, she looks great. I, I I'm really looking forward to seeing that character. And Dave Filoni said things which you know Dave Filoni tends to do, and we can maybe tackle that in Bridger transmissions if we have time. So, stay tuned for that. That's uh, this this coming Wednesday. Is it Wednesday? I don't know. <laughs> just just pay attention to your feeds, okay? Yeah. Watch
1: Rebels Monday. Record Tuesday. Release Wednesday. Something like that. All right, Corey, that's it for the news, man. Aight, aight. That's a, that was a short one, but uh, I feel like we got a lot done there.
0: Mm, okay. <laughs> well, I got a lot done there. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, now we move into a loaded, loaded back end of the show. The Binary Sunset is going to crush you, man. So we're going to take a quick, quick break. Right, Corey? Sure. Uh huh. And then we're back with Ads and the Gang.
2: Evening, boys. Evening, everyone. I uh, hope everyone's had a good week. So, a couple of questions. The first one is to do with Poe and Kylo. And at the start of um, The Force Awakens, we obviously see their exchange. And with what we now know, do you think that they may have had some kind of relationship growing up? as two people very close to Leia or do you see them as two very separate people and actually the contact between them would have been minimal so have a chat about that and then the second one is a bit more of a a personal uh, question so what Star Wars locations have you actually visited and if if you haven't which ones would you want to I was uh, lucky enough Many years ago to take a holiday to Tunisia um, and to see large parts of Tatooine, Um, chiefly the salt flats, Uh, I got to go and see them at sunrise which was incredible, Um, only the one sun I can confirm. Um, And I also saw the Lars homestead at Matmata where the internal shots were filmed. I got to experience the Star Wars Canyon I believe as it was uh, as it was described uh, I understand that The English Patient and Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark was also filmed there as well but you know we know it for the is it the Juntland wastes so where Luke was attacked by Tusken Raiders and Obi-Wan Kenobi rescued him so you know fond memories long time ago as I've said Uh, but where have you been and if not where would you want to go have a great show and I shall look forward to listening take care bye all right ads there you go thank
0: you sir a couple more questions in the in the vault for this week so what do you think Uh, do do these guys know each other Uh, it kind of makes a lot of sense when you think about it they're
1: roughly the same age Um. Shara Bay had a close connection to the Skywalker family that's that's Poe's mom um, it could yeah it very well could have been you know like I don't you know uh Ben wasn't shipped off to Luke's academy until uh, later on, so you know maybe they had like a a bit of a rivalry almost growing up or a friendship I'd say more rivalry though like I could see them competing as pilots or something. Uh, Kylo not expecting this like non Force user, this Muggle, being so good at uh, at piloting,
0: jealous of his Force tree. Well, yeah, <clears throat> and I know what you mean because b- before seeing the Force Awakens, I thought for sure there'd be a big connection between the t- the two of those guys. You know, I I thought Leia would have been posed like air quotes replacement mom after Shara Bey died, and you know I thought that at first him and Ben would have been close almost like brothers right because like you said they're pretty much the same age um and then over time kind of like thor and loki as they kind of they were like brothers but they sort of drifted apart right because one was perfect and the other wasn't um uh, so in this case you know ben would have felt jealousy at poe he's the, the ambitious go-getter the achiever
1: i gotta go to uncle luke's and you get to stay with my mom
0: well, yeah, I mean, just everything Poe did—he Poe would always be getting the pat on the head, and he's always getting the full marks, and you know, Poe is, is just perfect, and nothing—and maybe like nothing Ben did was good enough. You know, he would have felt like his parents were shunning him or being overly hard on him, and he just would have like retreated into dark places as as a very young boy, and then like carry that forward, and Leia would see all these uh, dark side tendencies emerging. And then maybe that's when she decides, okay, I, I need Luke to come in and, and, and help get this under control. And sending him away would have maybe deepened that rift. Poe stays with mom, Ben gets sent awake to control his temper. Um yeah. Separation anxiety. Yeah, all that stuff. All that unresolved stuff that would have fueled a, a, a teenage boy's complete resentment towards his family.
1: Well <clears throat> they don't speak all that much in The Force Awakens, but we definitely know that at least Kylo or Ben knows Poe, because he says straight up, and this this is an interesting way of looking at this, I heard Swank Motron uh, on Twitter put his own twist on this, which was really interesting when I thought about it. Uh, so Kylo tells him, he's like, look who we have, kind of like the best pilot in the resistance, like, woohoo! You know, it's like, you can almost look at it in that regard, like, like look who's back, it's uh, Mr. Poe. And then Poe's just like, Totally like I can't hear you with all that crap on your face. Like you can see almost like to have
0: uh, see, I, I see, some kind I of. I see how that scene reads that way, but that is not at all the way I read that scene. Like I, I, I see nope. it as, you know, when when Poe takes that shot at Kylo and is sort of is brought to him, um, you know, he, and Poe looks back at the force bolt suspended in midair and he's like, what the hell? Like, I don't I don't think he knows who he's looking at.
1: And that makes sense too, because I never thought it as I, I've never thought of it in that regard until that's what the best part about these questions are you know you start thinking about them from all these different angles.
0: Yeah, and then of course they they bring him to Poe and they you know, hit him with the butt and of the gun in, in the gut and he drops down and he looks at Kylo and he's like I, you know Kylo doesn't say oh it's Poe. He doesn't reckon He doesn't seem to me there's nothing in that initial first meeting in the village that, that suggests that, that Kylo knows who that, that it's Poe. Okay. So that being the, <clears throat> that being the
1: case, let me ask you this question, uh, touching back on that Swank Matron thing. Is it the fact that Poe is just so renowned at this point and, uh, so good at what he does that his pictures kind of plastered along first order hallways, like wanted Poe Dameron, this dude, bad guy. Or is it that Kylo's just, you know, super high in the intelligence chain that knows like, I know who this guy is. this This is Poe Dameron, who we've heard so much about, or, uh, or is it that he ex- is Kylo extracted that information from? I Poe? yeah, I would think it's that.
0: They could they could make a so, like,
1: Poe's thinking of himself like he's he's probing his mind, like who are you? Oh, you think you're the best pilot in the Resistance, eh? I think it's that. That that's always been my read. That's interesting. That's a really because I never even thought about it like that. So when he put it out there, I'm like. That's really cool for him. Yeah, like it makes sense that he would extract that information. And,
0: yeah, that that's that's always the way I felt that. Yeah, Kylo pulled that from from him. But you talked about the intelligence angle. It could also be that like they could you know fingerprint them and say, oh, oh my god, we we've, we've got someone pretty pretty high up the command chain here with with uh, the resistance. This is their best pilot. This guy's caused us all kinds of trouble. Or maybe you know neither one of us are really reading the Poe dameron comic but i have them i know well, you have them but just having them and reading them are two different <laughs> two separate things one thing at a time eh uh huh and um maybe there's something coming in that's in that title that would easily um tip ben off or kylo off as to who, who they have but yeah i i to me that those two don't know each other and i think it's a missed opportunity
1: yeah very much so. Very, very much so. And it's almost surprising to me now that they. Because now it almost seems like it would have already been established a little bit at this point instead of being so ambiguous. But Ad's pointing out, like, what he did with, you know, Leia. It really does make a lot of sense. And even more so, the fact that they're both born not too long after Jedi. Like, they'd be,
0: I would think, you know. Well, Poe uh, po was born a couple years before. And Kylo Before was born. Jedi? Yeah. He was two years old at Battle of Endor. So he's a, he's a little bit older, but they're still young enough, close enough to be. You no, know, they're, they're pretty much their, their age difference is pretty much me and you like two years and a half. Yeah, I can f- see a, I could see a rivalry or
1: some kind of relationship. It would have been nice for them to have touched upon that in that first meeting.
0: Because uh, then- ima- imagine that scene. If if Kylo takes one look at Poe once he's brought to him and goes, oh, of course she sent you, like with with all that jealousy and bitterness in it,
1: yeah, that'd be good. It's like the fox and the hound, kind of, you know.
0: Yeah, like oh yeah, she of course she had to send Golden Boy to do this. We're like great. Yeah, I, I think I think they missed a, they missed an opportunity there to build a, a, yet another rivalry, or maybe they said no 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 that's 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 too much. We're we're splitting uh we're we're muddying the waters we're not making the, the the real conflict clear so just erase that and keep those two like clear anyway yeah it just it just seemed to me that poe was was really not really near leia in his youth and he he eventually came up to be a pilot in the new republic and then somehow later on have gotten on leia's radar because she, then then she recruits him uh to be part of the resistance yeah, and if they had if they had done that, if they'd actually built that that backstory where they actually do know each other, it would have added all kinds of tension and bitterness, um, in that dogfight that I know is coming. My head kind of says it's coming. The the dogfight in the Last Jedi between uh, Poe and Kylo. Imagine the stakes. Imagine the, you know how gripping it would be to know that these two like hate each other. Yep. For years. Been, uh, since, but, since, uh, I, since since childhood, these two have hated each other. You know,
1: I, I I think you can attest to this. I'm probably sure a lot of people probably would have got upset at that, saying, like, oh like the galaxy's a big place. Like, why does everyone know each other?
0: And But this this would have fit well in Yeah, it. this would have this would have made sense. But yeah, no, I um I don't think I don't think they have a history together. I think there's a chance that Poe knows who he, Kylo is. But I don't think... I don't think Kylo knows... I mean, he does now, but I don't... At that point in TFA, at the beginning, I don't think he knew. But that's That would be... I, my my headcanon dogfight between the two that's coming. That's, that's going to be sick. For sure. Like, we've never well, seen two pilots go at it in Star Wars, have we? Like, on the big screen? Not like a... Well... Like a one-on-one like chase, a... like we've seen. No. I guess Boba Fett chasing Obi-Wan through that 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 True. awful asteroid chase. Awful, dude! The sound effects in that scene are amazing. Oh, the seismic charges are are cool, but the, <laughs> it's that the, the speed of that chase is it's too much. It's it's dialed up way too much. That's why Obi-Wan hates flying. You seem to be awfully good at it, Obi-Wan. That might be the that might be the case of the fanciest flying we've ever seen in Star Wars. And that's why I'm like oh god it's 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 just too much anyway <clears throat> so the uh, adds second part of his question, uh and boy ads that is so cool that you've been able to visit those places in tunisia that is that is awesome, seriously,
1: and I'm glad like from listening to, it's like you cherish those memories as
0: as you well should no, I no don't question like i've 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 never been to any star wars location not even not even close i haven't, haven't had a sniff. Uh, But if I had to choose, like, I would, it would have to be Tunisia, Tatooine. What about you, Corey? Yeah, for the, for that sense to to
1: touch and be there. And I think you can even rent those places to sleep, I think now. Really? I think I had heard something along the line. Don't quote me or anything, but it's possible that I'd seen something like that. (laughs) Um I'd be happy I
0: think I'd be, yeah. be happy just to go and walk around take some pictures and and, and get out of dodge. No, I want to drink blue milk. I want to do the whole thing. <laughs> I want the Baro
1: experience. But uh yeah, I think just touching back on the roots of it all I think would be amazing I'd like to stand and imagine the binary sunset.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean it's, it's such a simple location, but I think that's I mean those early scenes on tatooine in a new hope indelible star wars images you can't get away from that so i, I yeah i mean lake como in italy i mean that's just that's that's just some of the nicest settings you're going to find james has been there so uh, at least somebody from the tumbling saber team has has done something with their life <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, i saw another one in uh it was another naboo reference again i believe it was in italy it was called villa Villa de Balbier de Nello. Nello. Was that like a palace or something? It was just on the water and it was beautiful. That's all I saw and I was like, this goes on the list.
0: Well, that's probably the Lake Como area. Most uh, likely, yeah. Padme's Lake House. That's probably like the, the actual place on that lake. <clears throat> um, Maldives as well. Come on, Scarif. Yeah, yeah well, that would be a classic Corey loophole for that question. It's set in the original trilogy timeline, so I'm going to go to Scarif my loophole. But yes, yeah. going to the Maldives, Maldives, whatever it's called, uh, I I could you could end up in worse places. Uh, how about is it Guatemala, where they had the, um, the Mayan temples?
1: Yeah, that's that dude. That's on my list. That was my biggie. That would be amazing.
0: Um, and then I guess lastly, it's not really a Star Wars location. And it's definitely not an OT location, but. Um, a, a, Skellig. Absolutely. <laughs> that, that's definitely on the list. Um, but Trinity College Library in Dublin. Uh, oh, Dave, Dave Donovan's been there probably many times, but it's the, it's the model. He... Yeah. The model for the Jedi archives. Like that's the closest you're going to get really to, to seeing that impressive
1: library. I didn't know that. It must have looked like such a goof, but I'd never seen that till a couple weeks, maybe a month ago. And I had posted it somewhere, anyway, yeah.
0: Well, you you know, better late than never. It was really cool, though. It was beautiful. Oh, absolutely, gorgeous. Um, yeah. Any anything else jump out? I mean, it's. I, I feel like what, there's the forests out in uh, California for for Endor. But Endor, yeah. Eh. I thought about it. Yeah. Eh, whatever. I I no, I think those are the for me anyway the 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 best locations and uh well cloud city that would be pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> well is that that's i don't think that's a place that's probably a bunch what? of that's a bunch of sets man what do you mean <laughs> i <I'm laughs> <joking. laughs> um all right ads thank you sir looking for next looking forward to next week's ads edition that was a good one that was a deep cut ads makes me it makes me realize how poorly traveled i am in this world Likewise. All right, uh, right. Mr. Bradley is up. <clears throat> Let me just get ready for this. <clears throat>
3: all
0: right. Hey, guys. Hope all is well on your end. It was so good hearing James' voice on last week's podcast. I agree. Memories. So I have a couple of Star Wars questions this week in regards to viewing Star Wars before seeing The Last Jedi. Do you plan on viewing all seven movies the week leading up to The Last Jedi coming out, or do you plan on viewing just The Force Awakens or none of the movies? I haven't made up my mind on what my plans are yet. Most likely, my schedule will dictate what I do. All right. As usual, we'll just we'll pause there, Corey. Um, And Brad, yes, it was definitely great having James back last week. And that was pretty much a a unanimous opinion. So, Corey, what what do you think? What are you going
1: to do? I don't know. I haven't really thought about it all that much, but I guess in the back of my mind, I kind of had some kind of plan going on. For the moment, I'm pretty sure I'm in the least gonna watch The Force Awakens.
0: Yeah, yeah, same here. Uh, You know, you know, I'd like
1: to, I'd like to do one uh, episodes four,
0: five, six as well. That'd be pretty cool. It's gonna be tough. Like I was looking at uh, the the December recording schedule. Uh, It's gonna be tight, man. That's it's the weekend
1: a, thing. It's, you gotta watch them on uh Friday or Saturday night. Gets, uh, weekends go Sam by going. so
0: fast, man, with kids with their swimming classes and gymnastics and there's, there's just not a lot of time. My daughter's birthday is is early December. A lot of my time is gonna be eaten up. That's it. There you go. You say, Harley, we're doing a Star Wars viewing party for your birthday. <laughs> uh okay. I'll try I'll try and sell her on that. But yeah, no, def- definitely, uh, the Force Awakens and anything above and beyond that would be a bonus. But uh, like like Bradley said, my my schedule will dictate how much I can actually get done. All right, moving on. So we haven't. Uh, so we know we still have TV spots coming out and also an international trailer. I assume. Do you plan on watching these myself? I'm going to avoid these if at all possible. I'm trying to stay away. F- ...as much as possible so as not to be spoiled. In fact, I'm not even thinking about the trailer that just dropped. I don't want to figure it out. I want to be completely surprised on opening night. I have a feeling I'm in the minority on this. Uh, Well, I'm... (laughs) Uh, I'd like to think I can protect myself from further spoiling The Last Jedi, but who's kidding who? I'm going to watch every TV spot, every international trailer. Anything that comes out with the uh, Lucasfilm stamp of approval... I'm going to watch it because I, I don't think they'll spoil that much. Really? I mean, we got the the trailer a couple weeks ago. I still don't know what the hell's going on in this movie. And I doubt they're going to change that now, but, uh, it, it, and, it, and they'll probably just keep us asking even more questions, but I'll say, i also say this. I haven't watched that trailer in a week and I don't think I'm going to watch it again. Maybe, not, maybe not for a while, unless, unless somebody asks us a question and that forces me to, to, watch it but I, i'm yeah like bradley's doing i'm I'm trying to let it settle let it fade a little bit and then once we see the movie all this stuff comes popping back out um yeah i don't know you might be in a minority bradley but you might have more company than you realize But well, what about you cory uh i don't know i was like i don't want to i'm
1: like lying to myself now i'm like three beers in so i'm probably <laughs> being a little more honest with myself and uh The Force Awakens, Rogue One, I did it. Both of them didn't spoil a thing for me. Uh, I also find the international trailers, they might throw a tidbit here, a tidbit there, but they're not all that much different. Like, they're spliced differently. New musical score. But I don't think... They've done their job at this point, and they're going to keep it vague. And for the most part, I think they would probably even use the better part of the same images they did in this, or the prior one. And maybe you see a few more... uh, really ambiguous shots of some cool stuff. Like, I don't think it's really going to spoil anything like Kyle said, so uh, I was going to say it depends on Kyle, but in the least, I'm not going to be like hanging on a thread where everyone's like the international trailer's coming out in like two hours, oh my god. Like, I'll be like, yeah, I'll wait till morning. (laughs) Like, if it's past my bedtime or whatever, like I'm... And then I'll see kind of somewhat people's reaction if it's... Maybe I'll test the waters first. Probably lying to myself, but
0: I have you I know, think you are CP- lying to yourself.
1: <laughs> but but I'm definitely not gonna like be like oh my god it, it just dropped like I have to go watch it
0: now. Well, I think they're typically very much the same as the the you know the, the the air quote standard trailer, and they just sneak in a few extra shots here and there. That makes sense. I don't think it's gonna spoil anything. That's for that's for sure. No. Um. And then finally from Bradley, would you guys happen to know who wrote slash performed the music for The Last Jedi trailer? I thought it was well done and has me thinking if the music in the trailer is awesome, wait until the movie. I personally loved the music and it has me excited for what John Williams is going to give us in the next chapter of the Star Wars universe. Hope you guys have a great show and may the force be with you. Cheers, Bradley Hall. Um, So I, I'm pretty <laughs> sh- I don't know. Uh, uh, really? Well, at the time, Jesus. if you go back to TFA and Rogue One, by this point, after the trailers had been announced or seen, somebody had stepped up and said, hey, I I did the music, and everybody showered that person with praise. And unless I've missed it, I haven't seen that person step up and go, oh, I did the music for the the Last Jedi trailer. Hi, everybody. So it could very well be John Williams' music. I don't... But I don't know. I just know that's... Dude, I know for oh, TFA man. and Rogue One that it, it, was, it was somebody else. Did you try and Google the answer or?
1: Did you? No, that's the thing. Because <laughs> the first thing in my show notes is this is Kyle's show. So I figured
0: he did the research, but I'm assuming that it's J-Dub for sure. Well, I, no, the answer is I, I did look, although I didn't look today. I've looked in the past and I didn't see it. So I, I don't know. I don't know if anybody's claimed credit for it. Like a, like a terror attack. <laughs> I'll do Maybe I'll do a quick search right now. They wouldn't show it on IMDb. I'm not going into that rat nest. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I'm not seeing anything here where somebody has, has stepped up. I don't know. Maybe somebody listening knows. It, it could very well be be John Williams. It could be somebody else who has yet to claim credit. But I know that um, for for Rogue One and uh, TFA, somebody had already stepped up to say, you know, that that was us. Or me, whatever the case may be. So, Bradley, it's still kind of an unknown. Um, I don't know. It could, it could very well be John Williams. A lot of people seem to think it was. I I think so. I guess we will find out. That's why he liked it so much, Bradley. But the tra- I mean, the music for the trailers in TFA and Rogue One was also amazing. And it turned out it wasn't it wasn't John Williams. Anyway, Bradley, thank you, sir. Great questions again this week. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm getting excited, man. Getting definitely excited. And I I hope I get time to squeeze in a bunch of Star Wars viewings before. But again, hectic schedule. We'll see. And then we move on to Rob Williams. Rob X, Rob Yeez at Gen X Wing. And I'm uh,
1: sad. My submission for his nickname was Biker Scout Bob. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I like that one. It's it's pretty good. Uh, So my question is, will we ever find out where Maz got Anakin's saber? If so, how? What's your theory? What say you, Corey? Well, I think that's a really awesome
1: question. Uh, I guess I've thought about it a bit, not in some time. But either way, it's kind of the inspiration behind this show's name. Like, I had no part of that. Obviously, Kyle was inspired by that. Uh, There's a huge rumor going on back in the day that, you know, the movie The Force Awakens would open with Luke Skywalker's severed hand still holding on to the lightsaber and floating in space. Like, where's it going to go? I don't know. But we know the only clue we really have is Maz. Maz has it. And she's the right person to have that artifact. How convenient. Exactly. So how did she get it? Is it a coincidence? In my opinion, no. And it could have went a couple of ways, I guess. It could be a wills of the force thing where some kind of like, yeah, tumbling, tumbling, bumbling, stumbling traveler, whatever, uh, wanders in and says, hey, look what I found. And she's like, oh, give me that, you know. And she snatches it up on the fly because, you know, there's a lot, she has a lot of traffic and some pretty shady people coming in out of that place. Or, uh, at one point, it landed in the hands of someone that was friendly with the Church of the Force. Possibly Laura Santeca, And, you know, they get it to her because they know it's going to be safe. And, you know, she she's a keeper of secrets. She's been alive for a long time. Uh, no one really seems to mess with her. Uh, so that she knows, like, basically they give it to her and they're, they're like, trust me, you'll know when it's time to give this thing away like maz is not stupid either
0: no I'm, you, i don't think you live for that long and be an idiot um uh, yeah you're right there, there's a backstory attached to that whole thing and it was yeah it was supposed to the opening of, of the force awakens i think there was a you know in one of the early edits or a, uh, in a draft uh it was supposed to document how the saber was spinning through space with the hand attached. And then just, the I guess, as it passes through an atmosphere, the hand burns off and the saber crash lands on a planet and it gets picked up by some villager. I don't know what planet this is, but the villager picks up this lightsaber, ignites it and starts a brush fire with it. And it's it's chaos and it sounds pretty goofy, but then there was some sort of uh, battle over the saber, which might be what we see in the force back. We, we just don't know. There's a, there's a and the Ray could be there. Ray, uh, Ray, I don't know. If the saber, the saber was looking for her. Well, maybe, but in that scene in the trailer, it's it's Kylo Ren with the Knights of Ren. So, but in the trailer, uh, it's a different shot. It's a different cropped shot from what we got in the final cut because in, in the trailer you see Kylo Ren holding a lightsaber in his left hand. He's got his right one lit, ignited, but in his other hand you see what I presume is the Skywalker saber. But in the final cut of the movie, they cropped that closer. So you don't see Kylo's hand anymore. And I don't know why they did that. So that, that shot we see in the force back with the rain and all those dead bodies on the ground could be part of that sequence. That was in an early draft where there was a battle and they, you know, they they think it was the, the, the seven versus the clan or something like that, which I, I think alludes to the Knights of Ren against some group and then I uh somehow Kylo loses the saber and it comes into Maz's hand. And I I definitely think we're gonna find out how that happened. Uh but I, I don't I don't know that I have really any, any theories about it. Uh, maybe it's it's uh Basine Natal. You know, given her exploits and the perfect weapon. Um it, it maybe she, you know, we don't know if that she actually picked up Vader's saber or not, but maybe she's just this hunter extraordinaire for lightsabers. I don't know, I have no clue. But uh, what what about this? Do you remember? Uh, I can't remember if it was it must have been twenty sixteen,
1: maybe twenty fifteen. Uh, it was a fan fan art, but it won an award for like fan art of the year or something for Star Wars. It was really interesting. It was super Macquarie-esque. And it was kind of like this depiction of someone holding Luke's hand in the jar, like in like a jar that's like a preservative jar, kind of, you know, in some kind of like, like basically like making like a shady backdoor deal.
0: You remember that one? Mm, I think, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, Yeah, I mean, I... I... It's hard to say. I mean, it's not It's not something I really thought about that much. Um, and then, uh, so Carlos sent us an email like very soon before we recorded here and he asked us like the very same question. So it, I guess this ends up being sort of a tag team question of Rob and Carlos asking us, you know, um, what was, I don't know. If, I think Carlos' question was pretty much worded the same. I'll just double check. Yeah, so Carlos asked... Uh, will we ever learn how Maz got her hands on the Skywalker blue lightsaber? Will we find out on screen episode eight or nine in a novel or a comic? So what do you think about that, Corey?
1: I don't know. From what we've heard, well, first of all, like, Lupita Nuango wasn't even really rumored to be in this movie for a long time. Now it's confirmed she's in it. Uh, but from what we heard, her role is minimal. Yeah. So I just, I don't know if they're going to touch upon that. 'Cause I don't know how important it can be to their story as of yet. But if it has something to do with their heritage, then yes. I definitely don't if they're gonna do it, they should do it on screen and not in a novel or a comic. Like once they touch upon on it on screen, like just give you the quick, short answer, then they can go back and do novels and comics or whatever. More like a comic in my opinion. Where you know that story of how the the saber got uh, passed along and finally
0: got to Maz. See, I I, I kind of think the opposite. I think I don't think it's important. So I think Rob and Carlos both both asked us the same thing: is is it important? I don't think it is. I mean, based on what we know today, before the last Jedi comes out, I have, no. It's not important. We we know that Moz has it for some reason, which to this point is is not all that important. Um, it's intriguing though. Oh sure, yeah, it is. But that's that's
1: the thing. It's it's it, not important that we know, but I think everyone's kind of curious as to, you know, throw us a little cool
0: little backstory to it. Well, and that and that's where the comics and novels come in. You don't need to fill up valuable screen time explaining something that is not important. You know, there's there's but so it, much to go into a Star Wars movie that this piece that we we both agree is not really important, why are you going to waste time on that?
1: Well, we've even heard that Rey's heritage is not really important to the overall arc, but in the long run, like, if that Saber, again, like, came to like, her family first, you know?
0: Like, if her family somehow had it at one point. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe I mean, maybe her, I don't know. I don't know, I have no clue, but maybe you're right. Maybe she was part of some clan and the saber came to them and they fought to protect this this relic and lost. I don't know.
1: And it, this and this prodigy, like her parents obviously knew she was special. There's a reason why she was dropped off on Jakku.
0: Yeah, I w- I would totally think so. Um Yeah, but I I I I see a novel or a comic, and a comic for sure. I think a comic's a perfect place to explain that backstory. And I, like I, I can already, I can already hear the the solici- solicitation of the one shot in my head. Like it would say, like oh, how did how did Maz come to own the legendary Skywalker saber, uh, tumbling long- saber? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> long before it fell into the hands of the diminutive uh, pub owner, uh, the the Skywalker tumbling saber uh, went on an epic journey that spans the ages and crosses paths of. Uh, characters both familiar and strange there you go there there's a solic- solicitation for a one shot no it's one kyber crystal one mission and that's it <laughs> um yeah that's that's kind of the way i'm looking at this um carlos carlos also asked us well uh, i just think like touching back on that like i agree with you
1: i think the the full explanation should be if ever should be in a comic or novel but like at least, they think still allude to it in a film, like not make it like super significant in the film, but to be
0: like, yeah, we got the saber here for the general fan. I'm sure, they, I'm sure there are ways to do it, but we know that Maz is probably the one to tell that story, and we know that she's going to be in the Last Jedi very sparingly. So, I, I don't think that's going to happen in Episode Eight. Maybe it happens in Nine for some reason, but I'm, I, I. I I'm pretty convinced it's not going to happen in eight. It could. I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to say yeah and eight
1: just because we know that Kathleen Kennedy said something about Ray finding out about her heritage in this
0: film. If it's all linked then it could all tie in together, I suppose so. Like I, th- I thought Maz's presence in this movie she would she would help Ray connect the dots and figure out who her family is. But apparently, uh, spoilers. Spoiler alert. I guess. Um. Maz's role in the movie is not to plug any holes for Ray. it's to help the Resistance find DJ. Like they point, they point the Resistance in in, in the direction of Cantobite to get DJ, because for whatever reason, he's the person they need to. Blah blah blah.
1: No, I got you. I've heard that as well. A lot of people owe Maz favors, and she's
0: got a lot of connections. Exactly. So. I don't know. I, I I tend to not think that uh, the finding out exactly where the saber went is important to the movie on screen, but it's important to us fans who care about everything. We want to know what these characters ate for breakfast. Like, ooh, Afra found it. What? They should work Afra into that. They, I think, they'd be a little bit silly for for Afra not to be a part of that story, at least at the beginning of it. That's how her
1: that's how our run ends with her getting the tumbling saber over to Maz Kanata.
0: Doctor Afra should absolutely be a part of that. I'm that that's a that's a perfect call. That's a great way to, I guess, even up the ante more for Aphra. because you know Darth Vader would probably want that saber back too. Hell's yeah. So. Now, that makes all kinds of sense to me.
3: I'm going
1: to bleed that thing. Uh,
0: and then Carlos asks us, um, do you believe the backstory of the Tumbling Saber has already been written? Uh, I, I do. I have to agree, I do as well. Just when you're taking the things into consideration,
1: not, not even necessarily canon. They can't be considered canon until they're in a novel or on screen, but look what they did with Mustafar. Like... The writer said, "Hey, we we need to be more familiar with this place, and we kind of, kind of, got to make it our own, you know." So they they wrote all this these cool, this cool stuff that you know it's, and their head it was their headcanon, which allowed them to establish more, you
0: know. Well, yeah, they didn't write up TFA and say, "Well, why does Maz have it?" Ah, who cares why she has it? She just does. Like they they came up with a perfectly good reason why she does. And- That reason will be one day what probably comes to light, I would think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's any coincidence either that she has a couple of dead Jedi in the next
0: room, supposedly. Yep. yeah, it's a crypt next door. And then lastly, uh, Carlos asks us, do you feel like a piece of your identity as the Tumbling Saber podcast is lost? Uh, No. I don't think so. I mean, without the Tumbling Saber, we... We have a, a entirely different name. Yeah, I love the Tumbling
1: Saber. I always thought it was super catchy. And, you know, I wasn't in on the first, you know, couple episodes. And, well, Kyle chose the name himself as his bag, right? And from his point of view, we were going to see that in the film, most likely. So him having named it that,
0: like... No, I knew it was cut. I knew that was getting cut. Okay. But it's still like the the image or the you know the, the connotation or the inference, whatever the implication of that, that this saber has been tumbling through space for all these years it kind of, it appealed to me. It's true. It might hit a might hit a peak at one point if they do
1: uh, come up with this, the story, but you know, super original name and uh, you know, we're, we're still playing off that. We're still waiting. So in that regard, it's
0: it's good well well chosen. <laughs> Thanks man. Um yeah, so Rob, Rob X Rob Ys, biker Scout Bob. I guess we have to go with with Rob Ys, right? That's what he wants. Yep. That's what was said. And Carlos, thank you guys. I I it's it's odd. Like did I miss something? Like how did how does this happen in one week of all the weeks it, ha- it happened the same we get the same question twice in the same week. I that that is very bizarre. Did, like did something come up in the, the yeah, news related it? to this, like I have no idea, but I, I found that very bizarre. So guys, there you go. Um, I don't really have any hard and fast theory on, on how Moz gets it. She gets it. It's unimportant. Why? but it, And it'll be cool to find out one day why she has it. And I think we will get that answer in a comic book. Um, thank you guys for the great question this week. And uh, let us know if you have any thoughts on how Moz got it. We'd definitely like to hear. And we hear from our friend Dave Donovan over in Dublin, who's got a question for us. He goes, question for you guys. It's been around, but I can't answer it with any peace for myself. Is it better for Luke to die in sacrifice to save Rey and Kylo, or at the hands of Snoke or Kylo, or have him turn to the dark side, destroy them, reveal to Rey he's her father, and take over as master all-powerful? A basic version of this very question was the one Mark Hamill was sent and asked most during the production of Return of the Jedi. Yet here we are again, but in a different way. Luke as the master or as Conqueror? Conqueror Conqueror ending leaves the door open for further trilogies and works to the twisted bad news culture that is the modern day and zeitgeist. But will it go there? Looking forward to hearing you guys play this one. Uh, all right, Corey, I'm going to kick it over to you first. Well, it's kind of interesting. He touched such something at the beginning of his question. I think
1: you know what he's, I know what he's talking about. Uh, an early draft of Return of the Jedi, hence maybe why it was called Revenge of the Jedi, but uh, it had Luke, basically, once Vader had passed on, uh, I think putting on Vader's helmet and proclaiming that he was now Darth Vader.
0: That's pretty so, dark, right?
1: <laughs> oh man, that's dark. So, but also dumb. It's dumb. Yeah, that would have what like what Dave. It's kind of doing what Dave's saying is it's leaving the door open for more storytelling, I guess. But in that film, the way it played out in that film, it wouldn't make any sense. But it could have been written differently.
0: I mean, uh, for me, the answer to this question is 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 short, and I hate to be so stubborn. But to me, anything is preferable to having Luke turn to the dark side, like kill him in a sacrifice, kill him in a straight up battle. But turning Luke to the dark side now, that it wrecks the climax of Return of the Jedi. It Luke's wreck story as a whole. And it would just be another, I don't know, another decision, along with uh, potentially revisiting the Chosen One that would threaten to ruin a, a great story. Like he tells Palpatine right to his face. I'll never turn to the dark side. He throws away his lightsaber. Like, that's Luke declaring to everyone, I'm a hero. I'm on this side. Like, they can't retcon that moment just to shock us. Like, that's that's cheap. That's lazy storytelling. So, yeah, definitely. Give me the sacrifice or uh, just being straight up bested in battle. Like, that's infinitely better than having Luke turn to the dark side. Easy question for me.
1: I have to agree with you there. I have the exact same written in a way. like. uh can't after Jedi, you just can't do it. You can't.
0: Like, I mean, you can have like really... you can have Luke's thoughts drift to
1: dark places. Going well, on, that's where we're at. That's that's kind of my point here. Is that it's an it could be an interesting story arc, but at the same time, uh, we see we know Luke is, seems quite jaded in this film. He's got his own new points of view. He's dark. He has kind of given up. And as a fan, I'm like he was disappointed as dave said in reading this not disappointed but like surprised and we as fans as well are like oh man we we're, we're kind of all hoping a little more for luke and i'm hoping that this is his rock bottom where he's at and that by the end of this film he'll be he'll come to his senses you know but at the in the same right what dave is saying i it would surprise me a lot, but at the same time, it wouldn't just for the bold manner of it all and how we'd all just be like, "Oh my god!" Like Luke is the mastermind or whatever. Like I don't know. Like somehow,
0: either I, I would way, hate like, that. I would absolutely hate that. That that that, well, that ruins Luke's story in the OT. It completely steps on it, crushes it, grinds it underneath a a, a cheap reveals boot. In the least. I I agree with you. I don't think it's going to go
1: down that route. And I hope, again, like where we see him is his rock bottom and that he's able to rise up from there. And I definitely prefer trying to, again, save his nephew and get him to the light side and
0: die trying or whatever. Yeah, well, again, look back to Obi-Wan and Yoda, right? Like, yes, Luke lost his academy and a bunch of his students were killed. Was it a handful or did he have dozens of students? I don't know. Maybe we'll find out. But we know that Obi-Wan and Yoda lost everybody. And they didn't turn to the dark side. So, to to put Luke in that same scenario but turn him, makes Luke really weak. That makes sense, too. When he shouldn't be. Like, Luke should be... I I don't know if he should be on another level. but... But at the same time, like,
1: what if Luke knows something now, like, he knows there's a new way of looking at things that has changed his perspective, so he knows the Jedi of the past weren't really on the right course, so his world's been
0: shaken at that point, you know? That's fine, but it doesn't mean that this new way of looking at things involves the dark side. It just maybe involves not being an idiot like Mace Windu and those guys.
1: No, I agree with you, and again... I just I hope that's the lowest we see him, but uh some of the representation, especially in the trailer that one scene in particular where uh Ray is kinda in this it looks like they're in the cave, and Luke's standing there, like Luke looks like he's pissed, like he like there's something in that scene, and the way she stands is all about the body language and not only her and him that's its threatening
0: defensive body language,
1: yeah, something's going on there, so I think in the long run. Uh, this could be Luke's mega rock bottom where he's hid something from her. He hasn't told her the full truth. He's being selfish. And I hope he comes around. I hope it's not that thing where Ray's just like, like, dude, like some, you're, you're you've you turned, you're turning, you know? I hope it's not that. Because like Kyle said, he, he's been through so much chucking the saber like that's the one of the quintessential moments of all the first six movies,
0: uh-huh, but yeah, I mean just just to keep it short and not not to drone on forever, uh no dark side Luke,
1: I hope not, but uh, I can't say it wouldn't surprise me in this day and age either
0: oh, i I'm gonna pray the Rosary that they don't do this to Luke. Okay, Dave, I hope that helps you uh, decide. <laughs> I think you get two pretty good firm answers on, on this side. Uh, maybe that helps. And we're sticking with Luke, uh, with, with Katie's question this week. Very short one, uh, which is the start of a series of questions. But What is your favorite Luke Skywalker moment? And you can reference all forms of books, comics, games, TV, and of course the films. So, Corey, what do you got? Remember that time? in rebels oh jeez <laughs> i'm joking
1: um i looked at my list like it's interesting again like I was saying earlier like you don't really think i never really thought about this you know like i love luke and i know there's so many great scenes with him but really pinpointing which scenes like are the best it, it's hard and i'm thinking about you know empire is my favorite movie but in empire like I mean, come on. He gets beaten up by a wampa at the beginning. Kind of does pretty good stuff. Well, does he the You know, the attack on Hoth. He, he, he's up and at him. Dagobah's cool. But I, a lot of my list was Jedi-centric, I have to think.
0: Well, sure. I, yeah. Same here.
1: Like, just right off the bat, we see Luke in Jedi, and he's, like, just walking down the stairs of Jabba's Palace, and he's like, choke you bitches out like <laughs> like whoa
0: like what happened to luke oh like, so he dude, already was dark side don't tell me he can't turn dark he was ah uh, come on he's just but he's, he's just was a, he's was expediting the
1: process I, I agree with you i totally get that from you. but like as a as a as an audience member like it's shocking like oh wow he's so much more powerful now like he's a jedi
0: like almost like he they want to portray that to you right like Yeah, like there's no effort in with Luke now. He's just like gentle wave of the hand, and you go choke over there, and you go choke over there. Thank you. Um, Yeah, my I think my favorite moments are also out of Jedi, and I I I spoke about it a minute ago in Dave's question. Um, Throwing away his lightsaber, like that's this is my runner up moment. But throwing away the lightsaber and saying I am I am a Jedi like my father before me, like that carries so much more weight now. Uh, you know i guess I, I guess after you see order sixty six and the 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 Jedi completely stamped out to hear Luke proclaim that I am a Jedi like that just must burn Palpatine it must like chaff his ass so bad I like thats I thought I wiped you guys out, God damn it but i well in, in Palpatine's mind, he's like,' ah, okay, I guess I have to cook this guy too um so that that's my runner up moment, but my favorite moment I think is um luke talking to vader on endor you know what i mean like when he when he's he's unarmed he's given himself up to vader he gives him his lightsaber and everything well the officer does yeah but like luke here's luke unarmed appealing to anakin to come back like come with me like in both of these moments it's it's luke unarmed face to face with vader and the emperor you know what I mean? Like that's that, that And he holds his own, yeah, you're right. Also, two very very courageous moments with Luke. And you want this But both in, in both cases it's it's yeah, Luke you know in one case it's outright defiance to the Emperor, and in the other case it's it's you know begging his dad to come back. Like and and again, he's unarmed and he's he's no, this is this is the way he's he's approaching it which well he's always had the the
1: Stugats for that like look at empire 2 he's like sorry yoda bailing on my training my friends to need me like no this isn't right like
0: but that was that was way different right that was i'm strapped with my blaster i've got my lightsaber i'm out of here i'm going to go kick some ass this is i'm laying down my weapons and i'm going to try it i'm going to try and talk you guys down oh for sure he's
1: I, I got you. That's that's pretty much my number one scene. I would think, like looking at Luke, like that's his moment.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, only in later years do you come to realize that Luke's bravest moments are are done while he's unarmed. And you could, I guess, you can extend that to a, a, a literal interpretation, an in empire, like Vader's. God. Come with me; it's the only way. And rather than do that, Luke just drops off the edge of that of that uh, gantry, and just whatever happens, happens. Like, that took some, some some balls, too. We we touched on a lot of the significant ones, so I think. Like, you, you want
1: to speak about Empire, but in Empire, again, he's like, you know, he's kind of the loser in the, that battle and facing the truth. And those are great. One of my favorite moments in all of Star Wars, but maybe not my favorite Luke moments. Like, he kind of just gets his ass handed to him throughout that whole film. Wampa, Yoda, Vader. Oh, it's it's, it's the whole movie is humble pie for Luke. Yep. But uh, then you see him, again, Jabba's palace gets in there. He's just like, whatever. Like, I choked your guys out. I got in here. No problem. I took down your rancor. Now they got them on the skiff.
0: (laughs) I took out all your your entire army of thugs. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. Even the force kick. I don't know if you ever saw that. (laughs) The one that never actually
1: touches the guy. Yeah. Either way, just that salute to R2. That
0: whole scene. So cool
1: numa. Yeah, like, why?
0: Well, yeah, the, the first time you see that, when you realize how far Luke has come from the kid who was overmatched against Vader to, I'm taking care of everything.
1: You're looking at the binary senses boy, and now you're looking at this dude all dressed in black, like confident. Even Han's
0: like super confident. Like, like, like the last time you saw Luke of Crancher. Yeah, the, the last time you see Luke he's anything but confident he's just had his tail kicked, and now here he is, you know, fully ready to take on whatever challenge so yeah that's that's a that's definitely a a, a whole great Luke sequence. You know I wonder how they would approach that scene now in 2017 with improved effects and choreography. I think that scene would be entirely different now. But Katie, I you know considering this is the, the first in a series of questions, I am definitely looking forward to what you've got next. Gonna be cool. I just, I just I just got a text from Kigo. Oh no. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Well it's nothing really Star Wars, really. It's kinda of funny. Okay. I sent him I sent him a message yesterday at five five forty four AM my time saying my wife had some girls over tonight and they kept me up all night. It's almost 6 a.m. Let me tell you, if I did that with my boys, my marriage would be over. Hashtag double standards. And he just wrote, ha, 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 with some beers, you know, in hand. And now he just texts me saying, hey, remember sending me drunken love texts at 4 a.m.? <laughs> <laughs> uh, loose lips, Corey. Be, just be careful, man. Hey, whatever. <laughs> it is what it is. It's
0: true. I'm not lying. I wanted to go to bed. Just, just, um, you know. Keep a very tricky password on your phone. That's all I'm going to yeah, say. Yeah, three, four, five.
3: That's incredible.
0: All right. Let's wrap up the show here with, with Jeffrey. Jeffrey usually throws us a softball to cl- uh, close out the show, but not not so today. Um, So Jeffrey says, hello, my friends. Got another hypothetical for you. How do you think the Skywalker story would have gone if Anakin would have never turned to the dark side? Sort of a question that is impossible to consider. But let's, let, you know, just for fun, Corey, we're going to do it. So what do you think? Do you want, you want me to lead this one? Yeah, have about it, man. All right. So, again, it's so tough to think about how how does a story go where Anakin doesn't go dark? Because like, there's that whole moment, right? Like the moment where he chops off Windu's hand. Like the choice he makes, like I need to save Palpatine. He knows how, he knows how to uh, keep Padme from dying. So at all costs, I'm going to protect him, even though he might be the biggest piece of crap ever. Uh, So I don't know, like let's say Anakin chose a a different path, a slightly different path in that moment and just merely blocks windows, killing blow. But even at that, like, it would it would have taken an extraordinary moment of clarity that Anakin almost never seems to have for him to put his selfishness aside for the good of the galaxy. So, and, and that's what... That's it, not true. Like, I, I think at one point, if... Well, Pat, Pat... Both of
1: them very committed to their duties. Padme more so, I would say. Because if Padme were to come to him and be like, Anakin, like, take me away from all this. Let's just leave. Like, he'd be like,
0: yeah. Like, I know this place called Mortis. Well, didn't she try to do that?
1: Yeah, but at that point, it was already too late.
0: No, like when when she's brushing her hair out on the balcony and... Didn't she... Wasn't she talking about, like, going to raise the kids? Yeah, but at that point, like, again, it was too late, you know? But why? Like, because he had
1: already... Started down the dark path. So where is the start of the dark path? <sighs> when he's having dreams of his mom, and then he ends up slaughtering an entire village.
0: But <laughs> well, it's, it's it's still you, we we have to come up with a story where a- Anakin never turns to the dark side to in order to save Padme. It seems like that's that's an impossible scenario. But anyway, I'm, how about this? <laughs> Watto's dice doesn't go the way Qui-Gon thinks he stays with Shmi hmm mm. is Palpatine aware he's there mm, no because
1: it's to, in my opinion Palpatine's not even aware he's there in the Phantom Menace
0: well it's it's, like only it's just a says, coincidence oh, oh, we're gonna, we'll watch your
1: career with great interest right Exactly, it's like the wills of the Force playing in the favor of the Sith. Like he's like, mm, everything's coming together now. Everything's coming mm-hmm. up, Sheev.
0: Yeah, he's like, I've seen this before. Well, see, I'm, I'm stick, I'm gonna stick with my scenario in Palpatine's office. Just that moment, it's that crucial moment where Anakin has to make a choice. Like Palpatine tells him, "You must choose." Right, like. <clears throat> His face is all getting turning in, into like classic Sith form, and Anakin doesn't know what to do. Like he had, he had time to kind of think about it, but then, um, Wind, Windu goes to to kill Palpatine, and, and and Anakin chops off his hand. But let's say he doesn't do that. Let's say he, I don't know, he force pushes Windu, or he just blocks the lightsaber. Like there would have needed to have been this bolt of lightning to Anakin's head going. Oh my God, like, what is going down here? What am, what am, what am I doing? So I, I don't know if it's even possible for that moment to have gone any differently, but just for the hell of it, <clears throat> um, let's just say that they come to their senses momentarily and decide okay, I like Palpatine is, has been messing with my head the whole time what do they do next like we we know that they can't arrest palpatine cuz palpatine's not going anywhere he's he's in, he's in everybody's pockets and <laughs> he's in every i was for matt kigo i just sent him a message i was like listen to this i still don't, wouldn't i have no idea why you'd be drinking beers at midnight you know when you have to go to work in like six, 8 hours from now it helps me sleep I'm pretty sure scientifically that is not possible, but anyway, yeah, I don't know. I think everything rides on how the Jedi manage their next step with Anakin, because like I said, like Palpatine's not going to jail, not even for a second, and he's probably still going to say he's probably still going to put Order sixty-six into effect. Like, there's no reason why he wouldn't do that. Like, the Jedi are still out in the galaxy fighting. There's nothing from, that stops Palpatine from saying, hey, the Jedi just tried to kill me. Um, Order 66, and all the Jedi out there still get killed. So, I don't know, like, the, whatever Jedi are around with Anakin, so Mace Windu, maybe they get Padme roped in and Obi-Wan and say, listen, guys, well, Obi-Wan's on Utapau. They have to have some kind of intervention, <laughs> major intervention with Anakin and say, fine, we the secret is up. You guys are, are a couple. I don't know. Like we, we need to get you out of here because uh, Sidious has his hooks into you and we can't have that. You're the prophesized one. You cannot be a part of his plan. So just take your wife. Let's all go. You know what I mean? May, or maybe Yoda. Here, here's something cool. Uh, Yoda pulls a rabbit out of his hat and we know that he's been communicating with Qui-Gon and maybe he realizes that, okay, the only guy that, uh, Anakin hasn't listened to us since day one. I'm going to put him in touch with Qui-Gon. He will listen. And so the, the, there's maybe one way to get through to Anakin, get Qui-Gon to do it. Um, I don't know. Maybe, do they maybe give him his, his outright release from the Jedi Order so he can go just be at peace with his family. Padme will be safe, the kids will be safe, and just go far away from here. I don't know, what do you think? Are are you even are, you, are your eyes glazing over now? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> the, that's
1: a it's a lot to to think about. Like to me, honestly, it always boils down to. Kyle's gonna say this, this is really lame, but it's the wills of the force, and at that time, everything was coming up dark side. So like they were just on a roll, you know. Like it's the way the things. It's almost like a uh, time travel in a way, like. When there's... Things are going to happen, and they're going to happen at one point, no matter what. Like Skynet, kind of. Well, I know, I know. That's like
0: we said at the beginning. It's impossible for this scene to have gone any differently. Like, it's all... This is all nonsense now. No, but I'm not talking about even that scene. I'm saying that
1: even if Anakin were to... Say, in Attack of the Clones, like, after he got his arm lopped off, like... Hey, Padme, let's get married and and get the hell out of here, you know? Like, let's go move back with... uh...
0: Let's go move in with we'll the, move with the, Owen and, the, and the Beru. Lars. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. The Lars residence.
0: Well, he, he, yeah, he's going to go move in right to the place where he hates with all that sand.
1: For his family, yeah. Well, obviously he didn't, but even at that, though, like you had just touched upon it earlier, Order, Order 66 still gets executed at one point. And that will be interesting to see how he handles that at one point. You know he can come back, father, son, and daughter. Well, th- the trifecta. Like, yeah, that's
0: where it gets interesting. I think that's that's yeah, exactly. where it gets really interesting because, like, Anakin is still the chosen one. He still has to bring balance. He still has to be the guy to, to destroy the Sith. So he can't be out of the picture forever. So, how long can Anakin sit on the sidelines while while Palpatine does his thing? I don't know. So at some point. Anakin and and, and Palpatine are, are going to be back in the same place. So, um, I don't know. This is this is crazy. Like the, the Jedi that are left, that the ones that survive Order sixty six, the ones that are at the intervention with Anakin, like I, I feel like they would need to bug out together. Maybe grab a few allies. Maybe maybe Bail Organa is the one that gets them out. Maybe maybe this is maybe it's a way to work Acto into the place into the into this whole scenario. I don't know if they know about Acto, but maybe they they find some way to discover it and they they turn up there, uh, get Anakin under control, keep Padme safe. You know, the the kids are born, they're brought up on the site of the first Jedi Temple, and then you know, to fast forward twenty years and they 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 take a run at Palpatine once the kids are grown up. That'd be pretty cool, right? Like Anakin at you know, forty, mid forties. Still, probably powerful as hell, and he's got he's got his two kids in tow, and they're gonna go take a run at Palpatine. That would be amazing.
1: Yeah, pretty cool. Especially has if he has a new and
0: chosen one kind of perspective on the Force. Well, yeah, and well, you wonder if Acto can, becomes another Mortis.
1: Yeah, kind of. Who knows where they would have ended up? It's that's it, like. But in the same right, I don't know. There's something wrong with Anakin. Even in Attack of the Clones, it becomes really evident that uh, just the way he talks with Padme. <clears throat> well, it's his, it's his attachment issues. Not only that, but it's his people confronting him. Like even like when he's talking to her uh, with those senators at one point, he's like, "Excuse me, my lady, I'm the security detail on this mission." She's like, "Well, excuse me."
0: And he's just like, oh, you see, I can't believe you spoke to me this way. I'm mad
1: against Skywalker.
0: Yeah, it's the whole thing of him wanting power and authority and and not getting it. Like even on, on his, the mission that you know he feels he was in charge of, he still gets sort of talked down to. And Obi Wan's always talking down to him, and the Council won't respect him. He he just feels like he has no agency in his own life, and he's the chosen one. Why don't I have? Why are they not? giving me any type of trust i should be a 007 i mean a master <laughs> um yeah i mean that, that 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 continues to feel it right it's well it's it's the separation from his mom uh the fear of losing or fear of not having padme then that becomes a fear of losing her as well it's it's, it's just yeah well it's
1: definitely really powerful because you know in the long run he's a lover, like. He lost his mom, but he loved his mom. And Padme is an angel to him. He's loved her since day one. So the fear of losing someone and the power that he is, that he has... I don't know, like... Well, that's what yeah, it's all about, it's right? How, do, how, does a, how does a good person go bad? After watching The Clone Wars... The Clone Wars animated series gives so much more perspective to those films. Like, to, to watch those is like, okay, like, there's a lot going on here. To to just see the films as opposed to the animated stuff, like, it just fills in so many gaps. And at that point, it's it's so much harder for me to watch and it can turn to the dark side once, like, having watched The Clone Wars. Because he's such a hero. They make subtle hints here and there, but at the same time, his heart is a heart of gold, you know? He's powerful, yeah.
0: He's... He always wanted to do, yeah. I mean, that's that's the crux of Lucas's story with Anakin is, is how does a good person go bad? That's what that's what makes it so good. I mean, and you could tell. I mean, they, they hit you over the head with that in the Phantom Menace. And, oh, he he acts without any thought of reward, and he's such a good boy. But eventually, he you know, all those good intentions aren't so good anymore. Or they come with strings attached. Anyway, that's a, it's it's that is such a tough one. That's one of the tougher ones. I mean, usually I'm the one that throws out what if scenarios to other podcasts and let them let them deal with the fallout. But uh, uh, Jeffrey nailed us this week. Uh, that that's well, that's I, one of the, let's the tougher say, ones. I'd say in the long run, I think the same.
1: A series of events would kind of fall into place at the same time, roughly, give or take maybe a year or two in each scenario. But, uh, you know, if uh, if Anakin were to take off, train his children, uh, the rebellion forms or whatever, he comes back into the fray. And he could possibly be the the Obi-Wan kind of character.
0: Yeah, (laughs) because... Oh, man, like, you know, the,
1: die, and then she, 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 Leia takes on the, the government pol- political
0: factor while Luke follows through with the Jedi stuff. Or maybe not. I mean, we, now... Or vice versa, yeah. We know, we know from, from a certain point of view that Yoda had his eye on Leia the whole time,
1: but it was... That's true too. It could have been both of them or Luke being the, the politician, which I don't see at all, but... Yeah, definitely uh, both of them coming back as Jedi would be the best scenario to 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 liberate the galaxy but I think at one point he'd still meet his
0: his fate. Well, yeah, I guess he kind of has to. One way or the other. I mean, his his fate was to bring balance. Now, what side of what side was he on when he does that? I guess ultimately he was on the light side, but it was a hell of a roller coaster ride in between. Yeah, it's, it's it's just so hard to talk you talk yourself into a place where Anakin doesn't go dark. It's so difficult because n- none of it makes sense. None of it makes any sense at all. It it just feels like I mean it, it's really the great thing about Lucas's story is that you make a fool of yourself trying to talk yourself out of what happened. Like that that scene in Palpatine's office is perfect. It makes just complete sense that. There's no other way for that scene to have played out. And Windu was set that Palpatine had to die, and Anakin was set that Palpatine had to live. There was no talking to either of those guys. Anyway, that's uh, Jeffrey. That's a tough one, man. Usually, usually Jeff throws us like those batting practice softballs, fastballs right down the middle of the plate. Yeah, Seinfeld related or. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining at all. No,
1: me neither. Every question this week we had was absolutely amazing.
0: Yeah. There's a couple of brain busters in there. Um, I I don't know. Did someone out there who reads a lot more than I do, like, did they ever do a, what if, what if comic? I think it was star Wars infinities. Was that what it was called? It was sort of the, what if scenarios, but put to print. So did, did they do one where Anakin never goes bad? I would, Love to see what they how they dealt with that. I could totally see uh, Anakin sitting in his little lounge
1: while 3PO's having a little oil bath in the background with R2. And he's got both kids on his lap, the twins, in their white robes. And they're both flying little T-16 Skyhoppers in their hands.
0: Everyone's happy. Yeah, but... Uh... Anakin, happy, doesn't seem to go together, does it? Like, he was just never happy. He was never allowed to be happy. He wasn't allowed, but when he was with Padme, he was.
1: Especially on Naboo. Well, do you think he was happy, or was he just... Did he feel... Infatuated? Well, he was always infatuated, but... He was in love. He was in love. Like, dude, like, of course he was happy in those moments.
0: It's not like he was putting on a show, like... Well, like, happy as in, like, there's nothing to worry about. Like, he always had something to worry about. Yes, but no, that's,
1: in the whole series, you're completely right. But that's the one time in the entire saga where he has a moment to, like, kind of have a bit of a vacation with her, you know? Like, let go, like, surf some kind of animal and fall and play dead. And even though it's super lame, like, it's that's what it's trying to indicate to you that Anakin's finally letting go of his Jedi ways and falling in love, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, he was being, I guess, well, he's falling in love and following his emotions, but at the same time, he's making things a lot harder on himself.
1: Yeah, he let go. He was having a little too much fun for a Jedi. Yep. That he
0: did. And he paid for it. All right, Corey, I think we we got through a show in under two hours. That's the first time I think since Oh boy, July. Yeah,
1: I'm tired, but Kyle's more tired. And he warned me before the show. He's like, "I swear to God, <laughs> if we go over two
0: hours, you're done." <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's exactly what happened. All right, well, that's it. We we had another question from James, which I think maybe we might we might shuffle over to Sith Disturbers because uh, Corey didn't do his homework, and um, it's 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 a toughie. It, it's what. Yeah, it's a bit tough, but it's also it's also bedtime. Enough's enough. Oh, <laughs> I want to go to bed. Yep. yep. All right. So, with all that being said, uh, our thanks to Ads, Bradley, Rob, and Carlos, Dave, Katie, and of course Jeffrey. Um, woo! Full house. That is a that is a full house for sure. Much appreciated, guys. I uh, bring bring more heat next week. We'll do it again. Yep. Yep. Um. So what do we got going this week? I don't know if it's going to be quite as busy this week, but uh, we've got the Bridger transmissions on Wednesday, and Powerful Friends are going to get Sith Disturbers on Friday for Powerful Friends Friday. woo Yeah, and, and if you want to be a Powerful Friend... Corey, where where do people go? Uh, <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot like here. Coupling
1: Saber, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right. I don't know.
0: I don't, honestly, like... <laughs> patreon.com slash tumbling saber there you go two to three dollars a month gets you access to the exclusive sith disturbers podcast and early access to journals of the willing worthy of recognition and saber rattling Uh, also newsletters giveaways the whole shebang man we got toys we got toys (laughs) we got lots of toys uh some would say too many so but if if being a member and don't forget for people who are on the fence thinking about do I want to give these two guys 2 to 3 bucks a month? I mean, they're kind of idiots, right? But I kind of like them. But for those 2 to 3 dollars a month, if you sign up to be a powerful friend between now and uh, episode 100, you'll be entered into a draw for the new recruits a prize pack which will we might describe in a bit more detail coming up. Um, but again, if, if if being a powerful friend is not in the cards for you, then just leave us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called. Or or refer a friend. Say, hey, these guys actually have a pretty good show. They're idiots, but they have a pretty good show. That would also really help. And uh, that's about it, Corey. Sounds good to me. Yeah, so where can people find you on Twitter? On Twitter? Okay. This is very well. You can find me at chop. Rules with a Z. All right. And I'm at Tumbling Saber on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Come check us out. And don't forget, if you're looking for some great podcast content, look no further than StarWarsCommonwealth.com where you'll find these Talk Star Wars podcasts, uh, Generation X-Wing, The Skyhoppers, uh, The Rogue Squadron Podcast, San Diego Sabres, and our friends at The Nerd Room. So that's it for this week. Stay tuned for... Bridger transmissions coming in a couple days. And I can't wait to get Carlos back on the line and put together another episode of Sith Disturbers, man. That's going to be fun. Oh,
1: yeah. All
0: right. And for the rest of you, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, come say hi. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you later.
3: you walking away